Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, David Serrato with us. And again, uh, get up to the coasttocoastam.com website and look at the graphics that uh, David has supplied here based on his analysis. David, uh, for a lot of people who may not be familiar with the Navy fight, uh, fighter jet uh, sightings, kind of give us a little highlight of these. Well, actually, in November 14, 2004, you know, the case of David Fravor and what was known as the USS Nimitz case, the, it was originally published in Fighter Suite magazine. In, in the Fighter Suite magazine article, um, Tom DeLong and his crew got a hold of that story. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they built everything around that. But then there's another case called Gimbal. And Lieutenant Ryan Graves, that's the East Coast, the East Upper Atlantic. And they were they were in the presence of over a hundred of these UFOs. Jeez. And in those and that was about twenty fifteen, the year twenty fifteen, and those were cubes and spheres all in one. So Graves said it was a ball, spherical metallic kind of ball. It would have to be translucent because he saw the points of the cube protruding just beyond the edges of the sphere. And he estimated the sizes based on his radar analysis to be in the 40 to 46-foot range in, in, in diameter. And that means, okay, first of all, a cube is not aerodynamic, but they're, they're outperforming them, that we have the same type of velocities that could be in the range of 20,000 miles an hour and all the way up to 67,000 miles an hour, as I've earlier stated. Now, our aircraft can barely do 1,600 miles an hour. I'm talking about fighters. There's still nothing faster than the Lockheed SR-71, which is around 2,600 miles per hour. I'm just going off the top of my head from looking at the data recently. But you see, the problem is you can't turn. The faster you're going... A turn, and I have a lot of experience in this. I mean, I, I was I was a skydiver. I trained to, at Edwards Air Force Base with the military to, as a civilian, to jump from 30,000 feet at, at, in Davis, California. And I can tell you that even, like, when we went in these hyperbaric chambers at Edwards Air Force Base, and they test you as a pilot to jump from 30,000 feet. And most people, doesn't matter how muscular you are, how fit you are, which I was in those days, some people are going to black out with just a few Gs, and some people are going to handle a lot of Gs. And some people are going to black out with very from hypoxia, from oxygen starvation to the brain, and see spots in front of your eyes. Like they had us do all these math questions and yeah. draw a circle, and, and meanwhile, they're starving you of oxygen. And... And I saw guys across from me just nod off and pass out. And I was still awake, and then I started seeing spots, and then there's this other guy who's just doing freaking fine, right? So what I'm saying is when you're a pilot, you have the right stuff. You've got 20-20 vision. You know every enemy airplane, every enemy missile, every allied missile by name, make, model, and number. You know the velocities of these missiles that we have. And you know what you're looking at isn't anything. It's not a drone. And and when the press, like this recent article in the New York Times where um, Leslie King was uh, was co-authoring, they're, they're trying to tell us this thing was 
five feet, the size of a suitcase, and it's a drone. Like, I mean, give me a break. This, this is where the press is really absurd. You're not talking to pilots. You're not talking about their data that says 46 feet. This is in the gimbal case, you know. Well, with, well, how did they get from these 40 to 50 foot UFOs down to five feet? Exactly. And that's what, the, what they're doing is they reduce the velocities because they want the velocities to be in the range of drones. But even though DARPA made the HDV-2 and it did Mach 22, 16,874 miles per hour, they only made two of them. So they're not in service at all because they don't perform. You can't turn. You can't turn. And so these UFOs are turning, stopping on a dime, suddenly accelerating. So because a human physiologically is 87% water, what do you think is going to happen if I drop you at 67,000 miles an hour and stop on a dime above the sea? You will liquefy in the, in, in the cockpit. And the structure, the metallic structure of the way we make aircraft, we don't make aircraft out of carbon. We, we don't make it. We make aircraft. They would crumble like a cookie because they're just cheap frames with very thin skin lining. The way we make these things, it would crumble like a cookie and the pilot would be crushed. Like when you go high altitude, for example, our skin is held together by atmospheric pressure. So when I was skydiving from 30,000 feet, there's enough pressure up there to hold my skin on me, but but not very much. And when I, I, I jump out of the plane, I'm doing 30, 300 miles an hour plus, and I hit the lower atmosphere, it's like jumping into a lake. You, you hit sudden turbulence that is so violent, it's the same as jumping into water. Like I've jumped off cliffs that are 115 feet into a lake, and it feels the same. Can we rule out, David, though, that these are definitely not ours, Russian or Chinese? See, absolutely, because first of all, one, you've got this, you know, the UFO is splitting in two, and therefore it's going into this quantum state, which is probably dividing its its poles. So it's got two monopoles, a negative and a positive monopole. The UFO's atomic structure is dividing. It's going through a stargate. It, the stargate is in perfect alignment to the Great Pyramids of Egypt. So I would only deduct that the god who built the Great Pyramid is responsible for the stargates that let these things in and out. Now, cubes and spheres, that's the Holy of Holies. So the Holy of Holies is a cube in Solomon's Temple that's 20 by 20 by 20 cubits. And if you go back to the time of Moses, God had Moses build a tabernacle to surround the Ark of the Covenant that was 10 by 10 by 10 cubits. And that using the most accurate royal cubit to inches, 20.605 inches, is 17.17 feet. And guess what that is? That's the Queen's Chamber. It's a perfect duplicate of Moses' Holy of Holies tabernacle to surround the Ark of the Covenant. And the King's Chamber is 10 by 20 cubits. Well, that's a perfect. It's called the Holy Place that extends beyond the tabernacle. So that means, you know, I wrote a book called God's Great Pyramid, and I followed up on the work of the French mathematician Peter Lemisurier, who wrote The Great Pyramid Decoded, published in the mid-70s, and we both concluded, and I concluded this mathematically, that the pyramid is built with the same math for every dimension that the God of the prophets gave the prophets to build everything. 
everything has the same numbers. When you use the 20.605-inch cubit, Noah's Ark is 51.5125 feet. The Ark of the Covenant is 51.5125 inches. The table before the Lord is 5.15125 feet. You keep seeing the same numbers, the same numbers, the same numbers. And that means that, okay, first of all, the, the, the Holy of Holies is a cube with a sphere of light known as Shekinah that resides inside. Ryan Graves, Lieutenant Ryan Graves on the East Coast Atlantic on the the Gimbo incident. He, he's you know, the one who saw about 100 of these things, right? Yeah, but they, they were cubes and spheres, and, and they're, they're within the range size that I'm looking for for a Holy of Holies. Which, right? which is the one, which is the pilot that saw these submerged objects? Okay, so you're going back to the Nimitz, and you're going back to the case of where the UFOs disappeared through the Stargate that connects to Houston and the Great Pyramid. Now, those UFOs, Fravor, is, is looking over his shoulder, and he sees this, and, and he sees it go under the ocean. They get double confirmation from um, Navy um, sonar. Radar can't travel, microwaves can't travel through salt water. Um, so they use sonar, which is a very dense sound wave. And these which things is what we doubling. have on all our subs. They were doubling the speed of the fastest subs we have. So they, we know they're going underwater. We know that it's very likely, if you, if you draw the connection that Robert Temple made in the Sirius mystery, the Syrians, which connect to ancient Egypt, were aquatic beings, mermaid, merman type beings. And you're not talking Syrians from Syria either. No, you're talking about Sirius, the star Sirius A and B, which which um, I could tell you stories because I've actually had meetings with them. But nevertheless, those you're, you're drawing a connection from that star as aquatic beings who need to live underwater. So, so if you draw that connection to, to the pyramids, and then you draw the pyramids to the Stargate to where the UFOs disappeared, you know, that the Nimitz crew, and the Nimitz crew was seeing these UFOs for over two weeks. This wasn't a one-day incident. And incidentally... Yeah, these were ongoing, weren't they? There I was in Los Angeles analyzing UFO footage from this young guy in Venice, California, and going frame by frame, and it's the identical time period of the Nimitz. It's, it's, no, it's 2014. It's... Um, I've got these pictures. I can see the windows on the craft. I can see them really good. They're all on my computer right now. I just can't publish them because of the guy who owns them. But they, they line up off the coast of, you know, right off the coast of Venice Beach at the same time period as the Nimitz. And they look like Tic Tacs, but I can see the windows. I can see the portal. Now, if you look at the, the link that you have on the coast site to the Fighter Sweep article, which is where this story really broke, it's not Leslie Keene who broke the story. It's, it's this other pilot who wrote the article in Fighter Sweep about Dave Fravor and, and what he encountered. Yeah, I mean, David must have told these people, these pilots, and they ran with it. And that's what they ran with it. And then eventually the New York Times got it, then Rolling Stone, then CNN, ABC. Everybody's running. And the Longs group picked it up. There is so much data in this story that, first of all, the Cuban sphere, is, to me, is the Holy of Holies, and then, which connects to the Great Pyramids of Egypt and Solomon's Temple and, and the Tabernacle of Moses. So 
you can draw a connection there, and you could say that's creative and abstract, but if you do the math the way I do it, you, I'm looking for measurements. I'm looking for measurements because measurements are the code. But now let's go to, you go to the gimbal incident in the Atlantic with Lieutenant Ryan Graves, who has visual confirmation of what he's seeing. I don't know why Ryan Graves didn't get together with a sketch artist and do a perfect drawing, you know, artist rendering of what he saw. Because that would help that, that would have helped a lot, and that would have been the perfect thing. That would have been the perfect thing. But here's what interests me about Gimbal. I've analyzed that footage frame by frame, and he saw a cube and a sphere. But what I'm seeing on the camera is a rectangle. Um, either a square, probably a square or a rectangle. It, when you look at Gimbal's footage, you think, oh, that's lenticular, that's a flying saucer. No, take it into Photoshop, adjust the light, get rid of the brightness. You're looking at a rectangle. Now, if you go all the way back to Major Bob White test flying the X, Major Bob White broke the sound barrier. He was one of the first test pilots on the, the, you know, breaking the sound barrier rockets, just like, you know, uh, Chuck Yeager, you know, flying glamorous. Mm -hmm. and so, so there's Major Bob White in Time Magazine looking out his window. This is Edward Air Force Base. I skydived out there for years. I know that's where I did my house. Skydiving. I know that base. I've been on that base. I've been on a lot of bases, actually, because of the work that I used to do and in the military. And he saw out the window, this is in Time Magazine, a rectangle. Not, not a cube, a rectangle. Now, that doesn't mean that Lieutenant Ryan Graves didn't see a cube in a sphere. It means the camera could only see structurally the square or rectangle. And therefore, the, the cube in the sphere would be something much more translucent. But you're and concluding these are extraterrestrial craft coming from some Stargate, not some planetary system, right. they're, but they're a Stargate. They're coming through a Stargate, possibly from Sirius, because they're interested in our oceans. Now, you know, you've interviewed Preston Dennett in his amazing book about yeah. UFOs off the coast of California. Well, let's go back to, I don't know why Luis Alessandro didn't do this. The Battle of 42 were these Huge, bulbous, glowing UFOs right off of Redondo Beach. That's when they were shooting at it from, from here, from Los yeah, Angeles. Over 1,400 rounds told everybody to stay in their houses all night. And then the George C. Marshall memorandums gave evidence that, that we did shoot down one of those craft and retrieved it in the mountains between Edwards Air Force Base and the coast, and the, and the craft was taken there. And some people so, reported hearing pinging every time the uh, artillery shells were fired. Oh, I didn't know that, George. So that means they hit something. They hit something so that, up there, and they weren't and balloons. Therefore, you've got a history of UFOs off the coast of Baja in California that goes way back. That means they're established. They're established. And they, they're, they've been able to elude us all this time. You know, all the what a great, that's a great story. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.